reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston Super Show. And today, let me give you the breakdown, basically, of what we're going to talk about. 12 UFC fights to gloss over. I went 7, 4, and 1 last night. There was a split draw. How does that happen? WWE NXT deadline. Results and grades, okay? And then I'm going to give you the best of Toonami last night. Um, just briefly, what I liked about Toonami. And I got a hidden gem for you at the end, so make sure you stay tuned. Listen to the ads, it really helps me out. I'll have two of them in this episode. Thank you. Starting with UFC 282, Blockowicz versus Ankaleeva. And I really have to say, folks, I really have to say, I was super pumped about that UFC last night. Like everybody who tuned in, whoo, you got a treat. You got a treat. Ah. Start with the first fight, right? Cameron Simon. Now this dude's good, right? He, he's coming out of a, of a of kind of a different background, a new generation of fighters coming in. And he's up against 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu Specialist. Steven Kozlo. Now, you know, 10th Planet, Eddie Bravo, and all those guys over there. Really cool, really smart. They know what they're doing when it comes to BJJ. I really thought they put up a good contender here. Like, this was good for Steven Kozlo. He got finished in the third round. I thought he would pull off the submission in the third round. He actually almost pulled it off in the second round. Was almost able to get the win. Too slippery. You know, he couldn't get his uh his balance. He wants to be on the ground. It looked like he was a little bit rattled by the by the knee. And I almost forgot about the knee he took when he was on both knees and he took an illegal knee right to the right to the head. We don't know how damaged he was. And Joe Rogan made a good point about that. But Cameron Simon, I really like the kid. Um he has a really high ceiling. Um, and he's good on the ground, as you've seen. Um, but he can mix it up on the feet really well. So I learned a lot from that first fight. Now, the first fight I really want to get right, folks. Like when I give out my picks and I do my reel and people come from all over the world to look and see what I have to say. I want to get that first fight right. That's important. So next UFC, that's that's a big goal of mine, you know, to be on that, that page. So we... we you know, took the L there because I went with the Kozlo side because I thought, you know, submission guys on prelim car on, in the preliminary rounds, they do good. They do good. Um, but the level of ground game that Cameron Simon had was really impressive. That was really impressive. I was I was like, whoa. So TJ Brown, underdog up against Eric Silva. This is another fight I learned 
couple things from. First, I'll say that I really like what TJ Brown brings to the UFC. I like what Eric Silva brings to the UFC. They're contenders. They're tough. They both have jaws. They're both willing to lay it on the line. And I've seen that from both of them. Now, here's what Eric Silva did that really impressed me. Was the power he showed. The power he displayed impressed me in his hands. Because he he hit TJ with some shots that did make him back up and reset his footing and, and kind of change how he was approaching the fight. Almost ended up costing TJ the fight. I think because of the power that Eric Silva had. Now, the reason TJ won, the reason I felt TJ would win is because he was better with the hands. And he was. That showed to be true. He won with the submission, but that was because of the pressure applied by his hands, by his footwork, and how he was cutting off Eric Silva as the fight progressed. So that was a really great scenario for TJ Brown, and he pulled it off like I said he would. So I was really happy about that. We got on the board. TJ got us on the board there. Said it on Twitter, at Preston's Day Off. Such an incredibly stacked card. Then you get Billy Quarantillo up against Alexander Hernandez. Wow. This is like that playground fight. You remember growing up and you end up fighting the kid that was longer, taller. He's just that lanky son of a gun. And you were like, I just got to get you down and I can win. And that was exactly what Hernandez was thinking in this fight. I just got to get you down because I know I can beat you if I get you down. And here's what happened. He decided to go into the firefight with Billy Quarantillo. That's why I was on the side of Billy Quarantillo. He tends to bring that out of his opponents. He tends to draw you into that firefight. Few guys like that. Few mixed martial artists like that. But Billy Quarantillo, true fighter. And Alex Hernandez, great warrior in the octagon. But here's where, where the difference is. Is that Hernandez will stop his game plan and just fight. And that's great for the fans. You know what I mean? It was great to watch. But but for his career, that's not that's not a good thing um, for, for longevity. Billy Quarantillo, man, he put on a show. Put on a, a full display of what he's capable of doing. And he did hold off a lot of what Hernandez was looking to do in this fight. Finished Hernandez by KO, TKO. Four minutes, 30 sec- four minutes and 30 seconds of the second round. Great fight. I enjoyed that one. After I picked the Billy Quarantillo fight right, we move into another tough fight. These were like three, three of these fights were the toughest ones to pick. Another underdog, Chris Curtis. I thought it was hilarious he was an underdog. I was telling everybody, that is hilarious. Here's a guy that's been knocking everybody unconscious. And uh, he's an underdog because Joaquin Buckley is really strong. And we've seen him do a highlight reel, uh, knockout kick, probably the best knockout of all time in MMA history. Joaquin Buckley has under his belt. But let's remember, like Chris Curtis said, who else has he done that to in the octagon? Exactly. And Chris Curtis, his defense is better than I've ever seen it in his whole career. Did you see how well he defended the shots and the strikes from Buckley? I mean, a lot of it that got through 
was minimized by that defense, by that power shell defense he was using. That was strong, man. That was just a strong man fight right there. And Buckley, quicker, right? He was faster. Probably just as strong as Chris Curtis. Who knows? Who knows? All I know is Chris Curtis knocked him out in the second round with a clean, clean punch. I mean, he couldn't get it any any nicer than that. Didn't even go to the decision. I, I said Chris Curtis in the second round would knock Buckley out, and he did. So, I mean, that that really, in my mind, was like, all right, I know exactly what I'm looking at. I know exactly what I'm looking at. Then we got another fight that, like I said, this was another one that was like, oh, this is a tough one to pick. Because Shabazzian hasn't fought in like a year. You know what I mean? And uh, Lunga, Lungabula. I just feel like he's on his way to Bellator. I feel like him and Buckley are going to be on their way to Bellator really soon. Or one championship or something. Because I feel like their time's running, going to run short in the in the UFC eventually here. Now, I could be wrong. That's fine. But there's probably going to be more money for them there anyways. To be honest with you. And I think Daucho Lungambula needs to do exactly what Edmund Shabazian did and take a year off. And go all training skills like power train all your skills train 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 for that whole year and come back and you know salvage what's left of your career at uh the at 185 uh which is like the tough one of the toughest divisions to fight at in all of mma okay so we have edmund shabazian who at times was a little bit rattled was a little bit shaken and that's what i'm talking about like dalcha could be a lot better if he just puts that time into his skills and his defense he has his hands down a lot I, di- I didn't understand that but I've seen him fight that's why I didn't pick him because I know I know how he rolls I know how he, he wants to hit you with those power shots those big wind up looping shots and against Edmund Shabazzian he's too crafty for that and he could see it a mile away so I picked Edmund Shabazzian second round KO that's exactly what happened exactly the way I drew it up. Four minutes, 41 seconds, the second round. Edmund Shabazzian KO's Daucha Lugambula. And he did. After looking, you know, this was make or break time. Remember, I was saying, this is make or break time. This is make or break time on my website, Ninja, in the real, on Instagram, at heavyp815. This is make or break time for these fighters. The next one is a fight that went quicker than expected. Like, just being real, just being honest. I don't know where Chris Dawkins goes from here. I really thought he would put on a, a, a great performance. I thought we'd get a performance of a lifetime from him. And Biggie Boy ran right through him. So, I think he needs to jump down to light heavyweight. Because I think heavyweight's just not for him. I don't, I don't think he's going to find any success at heavyweight. I feel like light heavyweight is a good move. He fits in a lot better in that scene. And he can he'll have a better career in the UFC. Rosenstruck, though. Learned a lot, man, that, that he has gotten better. He's elevated his game. And uh whoever he's rolling with right now, they have him on the right track. Like they have him on the right track, whoever he's training with. So good shout out to Rosenstruck. He came 
brew for all the Rosenstruck betters, the Biggie Boy betters. I like the guy. I just thought Dawkins would win. So we end up... That one goes quick, man. First round. So then the next fight, I'm thinking... This is going to be the quick fight, right? Like, this is going to be the quick fight. Raw Roses Jr. versus Jay Perrin. Jay Perrin? Wow. He did a lot, a lot of talking to not show up. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, if I did that much talking, I got to I gotta change my approach. Because for, for this type of fight, here you are against a guy who's, number one, he's 18 years old. It's his first time in the UFC, the real deal in front of all these people. And Jay Perrin's been there before. And he was done in the first round. The first round he was done. He was out of there. He looked defeated. He looked, uh, his performance was abysmal. And not to be overly critical. But it seemed like all those years of training. All those years of training. For that? Whew. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I had Raw Roses Jr. I, I said, I'm behind the kid. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe in this kid. I'm my, my support is behind this kid. I'm backing him. He went out there and got it done. Showed that he's a man, in my opinion. And they're ripping on him. You know what I mean? They're kind of being a little bit harsh of him, in my opinion. Oh, he doesn't have any bills. Oh, he doesn't have any this. Okay. Well, believe me. Believe me. Don't worry about don't don't worry about his, uh, his bills. You know what I'm saying? He, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine, especially if he fights like that. So then we have another surprising fight. For me, it was surprising. The favorite was Aya Tapuria. The underdog was Bryce Mitchell. But Bryce Mitchell had a higher ranking. So to me, the ranking system's flawed then. Like, to me, the ranking system has to be flawed because that just doesn't make any sense. I honestly think to do away with the rankings in UFC. I don't think you need rankings, but guys really want that number next to their name it, because if they can't have the belt, having a number three or number four is like some type of significance. Okay, I would rather have the belt and not be worried about the number. You know what I mean? That way we can get away from, oh, this guy's in line for the shot next or who's in line. Fuck the line. So you have Bryce Mitchell versus Aya Taporia in a battle of, I'm telling you right now, Bryce Mitchell's better than that. I still believe Bryce Mitchell's better than that. I've seen Brendan Allen lose a fight similar to that way. And he came back even stronger. That is my prediction for Bryce Mitchell. The internet is really critical of him right now. Don't doubt that hillbilly strength. I'll tell you right now, Aya Taporia is a real deal, though. He's a real deal. My one knock on him is going to be that he leaves his himself exposed too much. He, he doesn't do the Curtis. You know what I mean? He doesn't do the action man defense. He's more of a... I'll just, I'll just throw because I'm stronger than you, and I know if I hit you enough, you're going to fall. That's more of his approach. And I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. But they're talking about, oh, he's going to go from number 14 to number 9. Well kind of fucking consolation prize is that you know what i'm saying 
Like, really? Really? So, Bryce Mitchell, it's okay, buddy. It's all right. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Drickus Duplissis was up next against Darren Till. And that fight got crazy. Didn't that fight get crazy? That fight got, whoa. Like the the, the thing outside of the um, the car dealerships that's all floating up and down. Whoa. That, that's how this fight got. Drickus Duplissis. That's a good name. That's a good name right there. It's almost as good name as Preston Olsen. Almost. He's up against Darren Till, the gorilla. Dude. I'm telling you. Darren Till's not done yet. He had that he had that eye of the tiger. But the problem was he, he I think he underestimated Duplessis here. That's my humble opinion. I'm not going to be much more harsh than that. Because Duplessis almost got beat, folks. He expended all his energy. First round. Uh, and uh, somehow made it to the third round on fumes. And submitted Darren Till. That's how I seen it. But I did pick Duplessis to win. So he came through. Then we got an even crazier fight. We're coming we're coming close to the end. We're down to the last three fights. And at this point, I'm pretty confident. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still feeling good because everything's gone okay. Like, the the big underdogs that I took have they paid off. Three in a row. So, I'm thinking, all right, what do we got? Santiago Pons and Bebo versus Alex Morano, who's only getting better. Took the fight on short notice, which I knew. I knew he took the fight on short notice, but here's the thing. He's had a good amount of time since his last fight, and he's known to be a heavy-handed fighter. Like, he, he gets in there with heavy hands, and Ponzinibbio's known struggle with, with guys like that in his last two fights he did. But the problem Morano had was the conditioning. That caught up with him third round. Santiago was able to beat him. And... uh you know, that's the thing about Santiago Ponce and, and Bebo. I put a, a little bit of stock into that fight. Just a little bit. Because he's lost his last two. Now he's back on the right track. He got a good win. But is it really a good win? You, got, you fought a guy on short notice. So, I mean, you just, you win, you got to win the fights that are in front of you. That's all, that's all you got to do. But, I mean, I'm not going to put much stock in that. So, then we get to Comain. This is where it got crazy, huh? No fights had gone to decision. No fights had gone to decision. And another thing, no women fought on this card. Did you notice that? No women fights. No women fighters. So you had, that's another weird thing. No women fighters. Two fights went to decision that were the co-main and main event. That's pretty crazy. Patty Pimblett. Versus Jared Gordon. And it went all the way. I said that Jared Gordon's not that guy, pal. He kind of looked like that guy, pal. He kind of looked like that guy. The problem was, you can't let it go to decision. You can't let it go to decision. If it goes to decision, you can't come cry to me. I'm not going to, I'm going to laugh. You let it go to decision. Anything can happen then. Basically, at that point, 
you're drawing straws. And he, he got the short end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? So, sorry you got the short end of the stick. Jared Gordon, Patty Pimblett moves on. They're building around him in the UFC. What did you think was going to happen? Jan Blakovic versus Magomed Ankalev. And I and I picked Patty. Let's be real. I picked Patty. I, I said it on the reel. Way ahead of time. Seen it coming. He, uh, Jared Gordon was just not that guy. He looked like the guy at times, but he wasn't that guy. Like I said. Then came Juan Blakovic versus Magomed Ankalev. Two great names, two great fighters. Vacant light heavyweight champion. Vacant. You know what I mean? So what happened? That went to decision. For three rounds. Looked like Blakovich was was winning on the technical aspects. The last two rounds, Magomed dominated him. The judges got together. They had a meeting of the minds. They said, draw. Main event. So there's a lot of conspiracies out there. One is that the judges didn't have much time tonight. Nothing really went to them. So they wanted to make a statement. Wanted to, you know, feel important. Feel like they did a job. And they give Patty the win. That's a big crowd thing, big crowd favorite. But then they don't give the belt to Russia, right? The guy from, you know, Dagestan, Magomed. They decide not to give the belt to Russia, huh? Like I said, there's a lot of conspiracies out there. So when I come back, we are going to be chopping it up about WWE NXT Deadline. So there's a couple things about WWE NXT that I really want to talk about. And number one is you really seen who became the front runners for next year right here at Deadline. Braun Breaker, Roxanne Perez, Grayson Waller all showed themselves to be kind of the next up, right? Like th- those guys are next up. Braun's already been there. Roxanne, she's next up. Grayson Waller, he's next up. But I think we're going to get one more year of Braun Breaker in NXT, and here's why. Because there's still a lot of talent that wants to come into NXT, and they need a real champion, a real guy on the pedestal. That's Braun Breaker. That's definitely Braun Breaker. You go to SmackDown... There's a chance you become the main guy. There's a chance you get a little bit forgotten in the wind and you end up like Apollo Crews coming back to WWE NXT. Go to Raw. Maybe it works. Maybe Raw doesn't want you so much and you end up not being able to go back to NXT at all because that's just too embarrassing. There's a lot of talent going to be coming in from AEW. Rumored like a lot of guys that are not with AEW but working there working for under the production but they're not signed eh, well next year is going to bring in a lot of new talent to WWE they always do and they have the connections the networking and everything's already there where all these other wrestling companies are man they're let's be real they're barely getting by so when you look at 
the first match from Deadline. And this was an interesting match to me because you had Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade versus Indy Hartwell versus Kiana James and Zoe Stark. In the Iron Survivor Challenge. So someone's going to have to rival, you know, Mandy Rose, right? Because she is the woman. We all know she's the main woman there. And they need someone else kind of in that that mold, but but with her own twist on it. That's Roxanne Perez. Cora Jade, too, too brash. Indy Hartwell wants to move up. Kiana James needs more time to develop. Zoe Stark. I mean, I don't know what their plan is for Zoe Stark. I really don't. I really don't. So, a lot of people left out of Deadline. NXT North American Championship took a back seat. Didn't hear nothing about that. Wasn't important. Former champion, uh, North American NXT champions competing. No mention of the belt. No talk of the belt. Uh, Trick Williams wasn't with Carmelo Hayes. A lot of, lot of, you know what I mean? A lot of things that were kind of eye-opening for me. Um, so, and then, I mean, they did some skits to try to get people involved in the backstage, but that was all just whatever. I mean, it's fluff, fluff salad. Roxanne Perez winning surprised me. I really thought Core Jade because we're hearing about the generation of Jade. Well, hasn't begun yet. Couldn't win the Iron Survivor Challenge. The generation of Jade hasn't begun yet. So Roxanne Perez wins big. Looked great. She's she's really good competitor. Indy Hartwell. Slow worker. Kiana James. I was impressed with her. Zoe Stark. Not afraid to lay it on the line, but I don't know what the plan is for her in NXT. I don't know what they're looking, what their angle is. Because she's she's a babyface right now. But Roxanne Perez is a real babyface, but I mean, she is kind of that one competitor that's like, she's better than Cora Jade. Sorry, it's true. And... She's more talented than probably all of those women, except probably Zoe Stark, I think, stronger and maybe can is probably maybe a little bit more durable too. Um because obviously Zoe's come back from an injury and she's held up well, so the durability's looking good for her. Um Roxanne Perez really surprised me that when I thought Cora Jade won. Move on to the next fight. Two lovely ladies. Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn. Weird, weird, weird match. Weird. Here's why. Storyline is lacking. Not a lot of depth on the storyline. Like, it it wasn't a properly made storyline. It was slopped together for this event. And I don't, I just don't understand it. Maybe they're just like pushing a lot of things back to vengeance injuries and other things come up and whatever but the show must go on and Isla Dawn I mean was anybody like what was so impressive about that like what was so impressive about that match nothing Alba Fire 
did the same thing I've seen her done every time she's got in there. Um, Isla Dawn, okay, she wins. Alba Fire's got to be a really nice woman to, number one, let you get over on her with the win. And she's not even over yet. <sighs> Woo. Woo. I'm on fire today. But I like them both. The potential's there. They just need time to develop. Good gimmicks. But nothing stood out. No, nothing impressed me. It was, a, it was a dull performance. Then we had... The New Day... Up against Pretty Deadly. And I don't like how The New Day came into NXT and took the belt. So I guess that's good. That's gotta be good. So... Pretty Deadly comes in with the belt. They're feeling confident, but their tricks ran out. And that was the, I think that was a um, the silver lining of NXT Deadline. Be, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of this segment. But Pretty Deadly being able to put on the performance that they did was very impressive to me. Um, and the New Day... I love the New Day. I just don't understand why they're back at NXT and then they made it so quick to be about, well, we've had all the belts Raw and SmackDown. Now we want the NXT belt. Go challenge the Bloodline. Go challenge the Usos. What are you doing here on NXT with the up-and-comers? So whatever. I mean, they got up. I think it was better for Pretty Deadly than it was for the New Day. Sometimes losing gets you put over. So I think it was good for the for Pretty Deadly. In the silver lining was her tricks run out. You can keep up the tricks, but eventually tricks run out. And that's what happened to Pretty Deadly. So we'll see how that plays out on Tuesday when they all get back together. How this is going to go. Then we had a match. A really good one. Really good match. After the New Day became tag team titles. Surprised me with that one. I, I got a bigger surprise. You have... Joe Gacy versus Axiom versus McDonough versus Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller. No Trick Williams. No schisms for Joe Gacy. What's going on? So they all just went in there, did their thing, had their match. I think Axiom looked the best out of everybody. Grayson Waller won. Uh, Joe Gacy great wrestler Carmelo Hayes one of the best of the brand JD McDonough we're seeing him I like JD McDonough because he's not scared to wrestle he'll wrestle every week he'll wrestle every week that's why I like him I like I like work ethic so I like JD McDonough because he'll go every week every week every week he's eating it up he's good for the brand um and it really was a great match. I really loved the match. Five-star match. I was so shocked that Grayson Waller came out on top of that. That was weird. That was a weird one. Then you had... Uh, Bron Breaker. Versus Apollo Crews. And here's why this is a good match in a, in a, in a strange match. Apollo Crews is back on NXT. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm a big Apollo Crews fan, so that's fine. But for Apollo Crews, I don't know how he feels about that. I'm, I mean, I guess he has a job, so why complain? 
But Braun Breaker is the guy on NXT, and you're not just going to come in there and take the belt. I knew it. I picked Braun Breaker to win. He won. Great match. And Apollo Crews showed off his strength, showed off his power, his mobility that he still has. And Braun Breaker worked at his speed, which is still a faster speed than John Moxley and some of the other guys in AEW. Like, Braun Breaker is still faster than those guys who are fully developed talents. And past their prime, some of them. So, yeah, I would say that uh, WWE NXT is a great brand, and they put on a great show. Five-star deadline. One off match. They had a good little skit with that Alba Fire and Isla Daunting when the ref started, like, faking a heart attack. I don't think that was in good taste. That's okay. Doesn't have to be what I like. It has to be what sells. So, that's what sells. Then, more power to them. Other than that, Brown Breaker, Grayson Waller, The New Day, Isla Dawn, and Roxanne Perez all win. And their next big event is Vengeance, starting in January. Um, so that'll be the next big event that you'll see there. But uh, they're done for premium events for the rest of this year. Thanks for staying with me on that segment. Thanks for rocking with me through this show. When I come back, I'm going to give you the best of Toonami and the Hidden Gem. Final stretch, that final part of Preston Super Show. Like when you bite into that chocolate and you get to that nougaty caramel, you're like, oh, this is exactly where I needed. This is exactly where I wanted to be. That's where we're at. Best of Toonami. And let's start with what I liked the most. And that was not My Hero Academia, not Made in Abyss, Yashahime, Princess Half Demon, with a killer episode. Seen in you watch in there. Everything was flowing. Well done. Uh, that episode was episode 41, Akura's Pinwheel. I'd watch that back. That's a good one. Then we had One Piece with a with a phenomenal episode. Up to episode 598. A samurai who can cut fire, fox fire, Kinemon. Great episode. I enjoyed it. It really felt like a two-part thing. Felt like a two-part story going on, and I was involved in it. I, I was actually watching and paying attention. I, I thought it was good. Then we got to Naruto Shippuden, episode four hundred twenty-one, the Sage of the Six Pass. That was good. Obito and everybody involved. I mean, they're deep, deep. We're deep in One Piece. We're deep in Naruto Shippuden. I don't do the lengthy tsunami reviews anymore. And not even that they were lengthy. It was just that they're missing the home runs. I honestly don't know how long Toonami will go. Viewership's down. Doesn't look good. All I know is that they've had to change the schedule really, really hard to get people to even bother tuning into this. Um, and Primal being on there just seemed like a slap in the face. Like, whatever. That's not anime. Um, that's a cartoon. You know what I mean? Like, that's a cartoon. That's not anime. Whatever, though. They can do what they want. Play some real anime for people that know what anime is because that was a sad excuse. 
Good episode of Primal. It's not anime. Not in my opinion. That's a cartoon, folks. Um, that was episode 17, The Colossus. It's a good episode. I, I recommend watching it. I just, it shouldn't be on Toonami in my opinion. Uh, they should be playing something else. We should be seeing a different anime, a home run hitter that Toonami has lined up in the vault for us. Where's it at? Where's it at? December's like their best month. Not looking like it right now. We'll see how January and February go. Last year, they were pretty good. Last year, January, February, really good. So we'll see if they start off the new year with a home run. Because they 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 got to salvage this program. This is like too much of my childhood in this program. You have to salvage this, Toonami. So overall, I like Toonami, though. Five-star Toonami. Um, you know, I just won't do the lengthy reviews like I did anymore. I'll just give you the best of on the podcast. I'll give you the best of what I liked about it. Talk, talk about a little bit about it. That's all. It's all for Toonami Gets. Until they change their, their ways. Until they change their ways, I'm stuck in mine. It's time for the hidden gem, folks. Before I have to let you go. This is a good one. For the ladies. For the ladies out there. Make sure you listen to my music on Spotify. Heavy P on Spotify. You can hear all my songs. 11 songs right now. Another one's coming up called Sumo Samba. That'll be out on the 23rd. All right, so make sure you listen in. Make sure you put it on a playlist. That's the best way you can support me. Best way to support me, put one of my songs on your playlist or buy my book. If you do both, I love you. Love you either way. Hidden Gem Time. Hidden Gem Time. It's a good one. It's a good movie. Watch it with your girlfriend. Watch it with a girl who's a friend you know what i mean whatever this is the movie you want to see different flowers on tubi like i said it's for the ladies out there for the women who listen to the podcast i want you to be involved i want you to feel like i care because i do this is one for y'all if you didn't see it it's a good movie you're gonna enjoy it remember you can find all my links on my link tree linktr.ee slash presto slice make sure you subscribe to the podcast why aren't you subscribed to the podcast you should be hearing this ladies and gentlemen just like the hands of time i'm turning it over to you good night and god bless